Good evening. I forgot to do one thing. I apologize. Give me a second. Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well. Good to be back with you. <clears throat> um, and I, I know that I'm jumping on probably a lot earlier than I normally do. I know that. So everybody can uh, jump on later or uh, watch when they have time. Uh, but we're thankful for the opportunity to be back with you tonight and uh, thankful for the Lord's hand, um, his healing hand and his touch. Uh, my wife and I both um, got sick, but we're thankful that God brought us through that. Let's uh, continue to remember all those in the church that are uh, still dealing with the sickness. Um, it's certainly real, and uh, um, we're praying that God's hand would be on them and that uh, it would heal and touch them <clears throat> uh, and restore them back to full health and strength as soon as as soon as possible uh, that's our earnest heart's desire and prayer uh, but we're thankful for each and every one of you uh, that's jumping on i know it's been uh, it's been several weeks since we've done this so um, we're, we're thankful that god's give us health strength and the ability to be here and uh, thankful for the opportunity uh, to do what he affords us to do but we're going to go to the lord in prayer and then i'll tell you what we have on our heart tonight <clears throat> our father lord we thank you god for this day we thank you for this privilege of prayer thank you father so very much god for your precious son jesus god that in and through him we might have uh, everlasting life father in the hope of heaven we pray god that you bless lead god and direct us god we pray that you bless lord as we read and study thy word tonight uh, god make us vessels of honor fit for the master's use we pray god that lord that you would uh, illuminate our hearts and our minds god as we study through the word of god uh, god that uh, uh, we would rightly divide it most of all uh, god we pray that you would bless it sanctify it use it god uh, to grow us in our lives and the lives of others we pray uh, father tonight father for those that are dealing uh, with uh, the covid sickness or uh, any other physical uh, sicknesses or disabilities they may be uh, dealing with we pray god that lord that you would your your mighty hand god would intervene we pray in the name of jesus god that you would touch heal uh lord those god that are god and and strong desire and need of thee and a, and a touch from thee tonight god we pray lord that you pray, uh, we pray most of all lord for those that are lost and undone god never been saved by thy amazing grace. God, I pray, God, before uh, it would be our heart's desire before this day would draw to a close, uh, God, to see them uh, saved by thy wonderful and amazing grace. Watch over us now. Keep us care for us. We thank you and praise you for what you do. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We appreciate <coughs> uh, It's good to see all of y'all, too. I can actually see uh, comments over here now. So it's good to see y'all, too. And it is good to be here. Glad to be seen. Everybody used to say. So this is what's on my heart. I've been praying about this. Uh, and I, I can tell you this. This is where I'm going to be tonight. And um, I'm going to do some more praying about this. But um, I believe the Lord would have us to go through the Gospel of John, uh, which I love. So, And I know one thing that uh, for sure we're going to do the first 14 verses of the first chapter of the book of John tonight. So if you want to go ahead and be turning, that's where we're going to be. Um, <clears throat> and... Uh, uh, it took us six or seven months to get through the book of Romans, and it might take me a year to get through the Gospel of John, but so be it. Um, so much in it, um, and, and we're just thankful for God's Word, and uh, we we love the Word of God. We love each and every one of you. We love studying the Word of God with you. Uh, and so <clears throat> uh, we ask that you just uh, pray for us. We'll certainly pray for you. I hope that uh, your home is happy and healthy. And if you're not, I hope that you're on the mend and on the way back. Um, let's continue to pray, especially for Miss Kimberly. Um, <clears throat> she's in the hospital with it. Uh, remember uh, Mandy's mother, they've admitted her as well. She's got pneumonia. Uh, so there's a lot of people dealing with a lot of different things um, that, that a lot of different people have been dealing with for a long time. Uh, but <clears throat> Um, nevertheless, let's, let's pray that uh, God will intervene and touch as He sees fit. 
Uh, we're going to read the first 14 verses. The Gospel according to St. John. St. John, chapter number 1, first 14 verses. Very familiar reading, or at least I hope that it is. And we're going to be flipping over uh, and doing a, a lot of Old Testament referencing uh, as we go through this. <clears throat> Verse number 1, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, his own received him not, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And that's correctly, if that's correctly read, that's the gospel according to St. John, the first 14 verses. And... <clears throat> Uh, we, we just want to get into the, the study of the Word of God tonight. But we, we start out right here, and this is a verse that I quote a, a, a lot and often. So the Bible tells us, we pick up right here in the first uh, verse, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we see uh, parallel language right here. If you remember this, if you go back over in your Bibles and you turn over to Genesis chapter number 1, uh, <clears throat> we see here where, uh, we have the exact same language <clears throat> that Moses began to bend to us in chapter 1 uh, of Genesis 1. He said, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And we see the symbolism here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So what we have here is we have John establishing that the Word was the pre-existent agent uh, the second person of the Trinity, which existed in eternity past with God, with the Holy Spirit, uh, and he was an active agent in creation. And so we get right here and we see, in the beginning was the Word, or the Logos, uh, in the Greek, in this Logos term right here, uh, as it begins to propel uh, the sufficiency uh, and the breath and the Word of God. <clears throat> And when we talk about the Word of God, we talk about God's staying power. We talk about, uh, the, uh, the Bible tells us, Jesus tells us over here uh, in John chapter 6, and I'm going to try my very best to narrow this down as much as I can to, to go through this. And you pray for us tonight. I don't know if my voice is going to hold out or not, but we're going to try. <clears throat> so uh, the Bible tells us this, that we get over there in John chapter 6, we find where we have the language where Jesus begins to tell us, he said, the words which I speak, he said, they are spirit. And so I just want to stop right here, and I know that we've made our Genesis reference, but I just want to stop right here, and we start talking, and we start addressing right here. Uh, listen, when we start to see the function uh, of the Holy Spirit, the Son, and the Father, we begin to really establish the doctrine of the Trinity. When we begin to really establish the doctrine of the Trinity, uh, and this is not, and the doctrine of the Trinity is not established up in modes, in modes or what's called modalism. Uh, and so when we talk about modes, it means that they are only specific in one, uh, uh, in one arena or one facet. Uh, or they are three separate individuals. We have the essence of God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. Uh, they are three persons in one being. Uh, now listen, there's been multiple people that have wrote many books over many, many years, had many theological discussions, had many theological arguments, divided churches uh, over everything else, especially over the doctrine of the Trinity. But we do understand this. I, I cannot explain it all, but I believe it all. Amen. And listen, I want to say this. There's a lot of people say, well, I, I, I'll never believe it until I can explain it. I can tell you this. Uh, explicitly tonight. I cannot tell you exactly how when I flip the light switch, I understand the electricity leaves this light switch, that it closes a circuit, it goes to the light, it illuminates the filament within it, and it produces a light. But I cannot tell you how it specifically it does that. 
I can't tell you how it travels. I can't tell you about the electrons. But I'm what the reason that I said all this is is just because I can't explain it does not mean that I'm going to stop using it. So I want to say this: There's a lot of people in the Christian church today, especially our friends. Listen, we've left things by the wayside. We say we're not going to believe it. We're not going to do it. We're not going to adhere to it because we can't explain it. But I'm going to tell you something, friends. Listen, I'm not leaving these things aside because I can't explain them. This is the lifelong journey of seeking and growing in grace and knowledge and adding knowledge. Listen, I believe that God wants to illuminate us as we progress through our Christian walk. That is the process of sanctification as we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Heavenly Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. When we study the Word of God, when we seek God in prayer, listen, these things are supposed to come. Listen, we're not going to understand everything from A to Z. Listen, in its entirety, I'm glad that as we continue to study the Word of God, that it's afresh and it's anew. We can constantly learn. We can constantly seek after God's wisdom. But the Bible tells us, as we get back over here, so we get back and we see the parallel language that's used in Genesis chapter 1. Chapter 1, verse number 1. In the beginning... God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, uh, and the darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved uh, upon, uh, 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 and the Spirit of, uh, I'm sorry, and the darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moves upon uh, the face uh, of the waters. So we see here, uh, I want to say this, the earth was without form and void. Uh, and I'm not going to tell you what the Hebrew words are, but the Hebrew words basically mean confused and empty. So we get over here and the Bible tells us in the beginning that God created these things. And John tells us in the first chapter, in the first verse, he said, in the beginning where, where you find where Moses left off and he said that God created the heavens and the earth. Well, I want to remind you that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the incarnate, the second person of the Trinity, he was there with God. Uh, so listen, I want to tell you something. He was the pre-existent agent that was, uh, listen, and he was uh, affiliated with God the Father in the creation. We need to understand these things. Uh, listen, you've heard me talk about as we made and we progressively worked our way through the book of Romans. We talked about God's knowledge, the modes and the orders, the logical progression of God's knowledge. And friends, listen, we talk about God's omniscience, his, uh, his omnipotence, and His omnipresence. Uh, listen, and this is a verse that I have quoted to you uh, many, many times. I know that I have, especially when we got back uh, into Romans chapter number 8 and 9. Uh, but this is something that I, that I quote often, but I want to remind you of this. Uh, and you can mark this down, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number uh, verse number 20, the Bible tells us, uh, and you can go back and read 18 and 19 for context, and it says, who verily, when he's talking about who verily, he's talking about the Son. So the Bible says, and, it, and, th- and when he's talking about the Son, he's talking about Jesus Christ, the Lamb. It says, the Lamb who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. So when, listen, we see, the Bible says, he was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for for you and listen we serve the eternal begotten and when i say the eternal begotten he was before this world ever was he existed with god god the father god the son and god the holy spirit three beings one essence our friends listen we find them assemble themselves in the beginning and the bible tells us now listen what did he create in the beginning the bible says us that what he created in the beginning that it was without form and that it was out without void but then the Bible says, and the Spirit, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. So listen, in the first three verses of the book of Genesis, we see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Now, where do we see those things? In the beginning, God, God the Father. He created. Jesus told us, or John told us that Jesus was in the beginning with God. All things were by him. Without him, there was nothing made that is made. That's what the Bible tells us real. We'll get back over there. So we see the establishment of the Trinity. In the beginning, God. God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon uh, the face of the deep and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. We see the third person. Verse number three, and God said, 
Now listen, we get to right here, and God said, when God speaks, it is the word which is the logos, which is recorded in John chapter 1, verse number 1. So we see when God said, let there be light, and there was light, we see God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit that is demonstrated to us in the first three verses of Genesis chapter number 1. And then we see the parallel language that John the Apostle, the son of Zebedee, and we'll get into maybe more of the history of the of the gospel of John or the Johannine uh, this is called the Johannine literature. Uh, so you've got the Gospel of John first, and the three epistles, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, the Apocalypse, or the Revelation. Uh, so friends, listen, we have all these that are recorded by this one author. Uh, and listen, when, when John's theology starts out, it maintains itself. It transpires all through the Gospel of John, all through the three epistles of John, and especially and explicitly uh, in the Apocalypse, in the Revelation of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, I want you to remember these things when we see the parallels that John, uh, the son of Zebedee, uh, John the Apostle, the one in whom Jesus loved, as he begins to draw his Old Testament parallels and he begins to pull them into the New Testament and he begins to show the revelation uh, of his son, the incarnate, I, I want you to see how those progress through the epistles and also into the book of Revelation. So the Bible says, uh, the same was in the beginning with God. So here we see the relationship with God. They are inseparable. He is the begotten. He is the eternal begotten. Now, friends, listen, like I said, we can lose our minds and we can go crazy at trying to uh, physically parse and understand explicitly how we see these things. But I'm going to tell you something, friends. Listen, I just want you to hear me loudly, plainly, and clearly. There are some things contained in the Word of God that are a mystery that we will not fully be able to digest and understand until we step into glory. And I am perfectly fine and acceptable with accepting some mystery, knowing that these mysteries are emphatically and absolutely Cartesian, with Cartesian certainty, they are an absolute fact and they are truth. Now listen, when we understand those, friends, listen, they are going to be many things that we can read. We can read through the, uh, the, the major and minor prophets. We can read through uh, the apocalypse and the book of Revelation. There's many things that we don't entirely, fully, holistically, uh, we can't understand these things. Uh, we can try our very best. We can put our best foot forward. We can try and exegete the, te uh, the text uh, and be as sound and as scripturally true uh, and honest to ourselves and to the Word of God as we can. There's some things that I believe that we'll probably just never be able to fully grasp and understand. Uh, but friends, I'm okay with that. And you need to be okay with that because it does not need to discourage us from reading and studying the Word of God. I believe that so many people, they get discouraged and they stop studying the Word of God or they won't study the Word of God because they're afraid that they can't understand it or won't or don't. Friends, listen, keep praying, keep reading, keep pressing through and God will begin to bring revelation. So now listen, the Bible says, his pre-incarnation work. In verse number three, all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of the men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now, friends, listen, we need to understand this. God is a God of love. The Bible tells us in John chapter number four, he said, They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The Bible says, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy mind, and thy soul. I believe today that God is a spirit and God is a spirit of love. God wants a creation that will love him. God wants a people that will respond positively to his dear son, the Lord Jesus Christ, when prompted and drawn by the Holy Spirit of God. Friends, listen. And listen, that all ties together. Go listen to our Roman series. Listen, we go through explicit detail on that. And we're going to get into it all over again when we progress the book of John. But as friends, listen, when we get into this, we need to understand that God is constantly pursuing a love relationship with his creation. Now, we need to understand this as well. God created what we currently possess. He created all these things for man. And he wanted man to enjoy these things. And God created these things so God could dwell with man. God could tabernacle with man. We're going to talk about the tabernacle here in just a few minutes. And I'm going to try and work my way through this uh, uh, as quickly as we can because I'm going to tell you right now my voice is not going to be able to hold out uh, too long tonight. <clears throat> but the Bible says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. 
and the light shineth or it penetrated into the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. <clears throat> Friends, listen, I am glad today that we have a greater light uh, listen, we see the greater and the lesser. We see these uh, reflected in our cosmology as the sun and the moon. The moon is the reflection of the sun. Uh, friends, listen, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And he said, I must go away. And he said, when I go away, he said, you shall be the light of the world. You shall be the salt of the world. Uh, friends, listen, uh, Christ fulfilled these things in and of himself. Uh, listen, but not only fulfilled these things in and of himself, he repurposed, reconstituted these things so we, uh, the kingdom of priests that he came to die for, uh, friends, listen, that he came to uh, reclaim the nations, gather all things back unto himself. Oh, friends, today, listen, the atonement, my mind's running a million miles an hour, and I apologize if I'm scattershot and everything, but listen, uh, we need to understand that when he re ransomed, reconciled all things back to himself, friends, listen, it was much more than man. And there's a lot of people, uh, they, uh, they, they find fault and harm in that statement. But friends, listen to me, the atonement, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, God himself, the creation, all these things, friends, listen, when the, when the corruption came uh, in the book of Genesis, and we see where man, where uh, uh, Adam and Eve, they possessed of the forbidden fruit of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil and because of that they uh, they they died and God exiled them from the garden uh, friends and when God exiled them from the garden friends listen it has been man's uh, listen it has been man's purpose and intention and, and, and his desire to try his very best to get back into the garden. But because of sin, man could not dwell that way. So God had to repurpose. And I'll get to this in the temple and the tabernacle language here in just a minute. So God had to repurpose another place and how he could dwell among his people. But friends, listen, when we get into this, we need to understand. Now listen, you, you hang with me. And I want you to read it. I want you to study this. But friends, listen, as we get into this, we need to see that, friends, listen, it's much bigger than just the little things that we see right here. It propagates and it goes all the way back to the beginning. We have the culmination of the Old Testament. All these things fulfilled. Listen, the, the vast majority of all these things are all consummated in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only just in Christ, but we see the inner workings of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit intermingled in all these things. But friends, we need to understand this, and I didn't finish this statement. The atonement, my friends, the atonement was for the regathering of the nations. The atonement was for the ransom of creation. The atonement was for the ransom redeemed soul of man the atonement was for all things uh, listen because the Eden that he first created and he set aside for man is what we are headed back to amen that is what that's what he redeemed and ransomed at the cross of Calvary heaven my friends listen the Bible tells us he said the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea uh, listen you go read this in Revelation chapter number 22 and the Bible says uh, listen and he said I've seen the bride adorned as, uh, for her husband coming down out of God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband Friends, listen, and the Bible tells us that there is a new Jerusalem, that there is a new heaven, that there is a new earth. Friends, listen, we need to understand, we need to, we need to grab hold of the fact, listen, that God has, and he is driving toward, and we should be anticipating the place in which he has prepared for us. Friends, listen, there is coming all things that once were in its perfect infancy is what God intends to, uh, to repurpose and re dedicate to his redeemed people where he can dwell among them all things were made by him without him there's not anything that was made in him was life life was light of men light shined in the darkness darkness comprehended it not verse number six we're going to move on with this <clears throat> there was a man sent from God whose name was John. We see right here when we get into the ministry of John the Baptist, this is who is speaking of. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. Now uh, <clears throat> We get into the uh, uh, contest. Uh, listen, there's, uh, and we need to understand this too. The Gospel of John was written, listen, somewhere between 85, 95 A.D. That's what the majority of scholars say. Some say that it has an early date. Uh, listen, and I'm not here to dis dispute or, or argue, but I think the earliest that anybody would even say that the Gospel of John was written would be 60 A.D. Uh, 
But friends, this is what we get into right here is we get into a place uh, where there were people that believing that John the Baptist himself had claimed to be the Messiah. So John the Apostle, uh, when he starts out writing his letter right here, his letter to the church, he wants to address the fact that the Lagos, the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, the Messiah that was born uh, in Bethlehem, Judea, he is the Son of God. Now the Bible goes on to bring clarity to who John the Baptist was. This is Jesus' first cousin uh, by Elizabeth, Mary's aunt. So the Bible tells us here, there was a man sent from God whose name was John, six months older than Jesus. Uh, the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. So he listen, he, he is explicitly telling us here, listen, there was a man came, uh, listen, uh, <laughs> Uh, and the Bible tells us we can understand him. He came in the spirit of Elijah, is what the Bible tells us. When, in him coming in the spirit of Elijah, uh, listen, he uh, uh, eat locusts uh, and wild honey, uh, dressed and clothed themselves in camel's hair, came preaching, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, friends, listen, he came to bear witness of the light that was to come. John the Baptist said, he said, I come baptizing with water. But he said, the one that cometh after me, I, listen, of whose shoes I am not worthy to unlatch, he said, he shall come and baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Uh, so we see the parallel here in verse 4 and verse number 9. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. In verse number 9, that was the true light. Now this is, the true light is speaking of Christ, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world. The world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Go, out, go back and read Isaiah uh, chapter number 53. I'm not going to tell you to go back and read it. Not read it myself, amen. That's good stuff. I'll read just a portion of it uh, <clears throat> because I want to read some out of Jeremiah and Ezekiel uh, as well. <clears throat> uh, Isaiah chapter number 53, and I've read this on several different occasions, <clears throat> but the Bible says, <clears throat> verse number uh, one who hath believed our report to whom the arm of the Lord revealed for he shall grow up before them as a tender plant as a root out of dry ground he hath no form no comeliness and when we shall see him there is no beauty that we should desire him this is a future messianic prophecy from the prophet Isaiah speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ and his incarnation it says he is despised and rejected of men he's a man of sorrows he is acquainted with grief and we hid as it were our faces from him he was despised and we esteemed him not now listen this is one thing I do want you to pay attention to when we talk about the eternal begotten of God we talk about uh, listen him pre-existent in his handiwork in creation uh, listen we need to understand this I want you to notice all the past tense language that's used in describing him this is a forward-looking prophecy but he uses past tense language it says, He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our, he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions previous. He was bruised previous for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was previous upon him. And with his stripes we are presently healed. Amen. Well, I'm going to tell you something. That don't make you want to shout and have a running fit. I don't know what will. Amen. Boy, I'm glad, friends, listen, that we have a Savior who loved us before we ever were. And I want to talk, stop right here and say this. We talk about the omniscience of God. And you've heard me say this and talk about this many times. God does not have a foresight. Listen, I, we, we as Christians should never carry a foresight faith view. What does that mean, foresight faith? That God looked down through the eons of time before the creation, that God looked down through time that he's seen what would happen he saw the response of man 
Friends, let me tell you what that does to omniscience. When God looks into time and he sees and he learns something, that means that prior to him looking, he was not omniscient. So friends, listen, what omniscience tells us is that God doesn't have to look down through time to know anything. He knows everything before the creation, before anything ever was. That is the definition of omniscience. Omniscience means that he knows all things that are possibly and potentially knowable. Amen. Does that mean that he determines things? No. I'm glad, Francis, that we serve a God. Listen, he can look down. He can orchestrate man's free volitional will choices. Listen, I believe that he took the free volitional will choices of every single man from the beginning of time up into the cross of Calvary to bring about the crucifixion of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. But yet I believe he done all that without ever infringing or impinging upon man's will. Amen. It didn't take coercion to bring about God's will. What a what kind of God would we serve if, if his sovereignty was so fragile? Uh, friends, listen, I serve a God uh, in which his sovereignty, uh, listen, he is sovereign king over all things. He knows all things. He has all power in heaven and in earth. I believe that there is nothing knowable that he does not know. There is nothing that can be done that he cannot do. And listen, aside from that, uh, of, uh, of his third and fourth uh, attribute, friends, listen, we find his omnipresence. He's always present everywhere at all time, and he's omnibenevolent. What does that mean? That means he loves and desires the best in all of his creation at all times. Now, going to get on with this. <clears throat> There was a true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world. The world was made by him. But listen, we know him not. And we see that testified of in Isaiah chapter number 53. We see that, uh, listen, we didn't, he wasn't nothing beautiful or pretty to look upon. Uh, listen, the Bible tells us that we saw him. Uh, listen, that we didn't favor him. Now listen, we need to understand what uh, specifically the Old Testament uh, uh the Bible tells us what we should be looking for. Or, or to, let, let me free your face. The Bible told in the Old Testament what they should be looking for in a Messiah. Isaiah 53. And not only what they should be looking for, who he should be. They, they, the, the scripture is plain that they should be looking for the suffering servant. The scripture is plain in these things. As we see the Old Testament prophecies that are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. It's, it, it's specific and explicit. Uh, friends, listen, but what they had contrived in their mind was, friends, listen, we, we need to understand as we go through the major prophets and into the minor prophets, we understand where, uh, listen, they had been exiled from their land because God had divorced them, is what the Word of God says. God had divorced them because they were had turned themselves to idols. They were a wicked and adulterous, hard-hearted nation. But this is the nation in whom God elected. This is the nation in whom God loved. But friends, listen to me. We need to understand this. This nation had stood, propped up within themselves what they were looking for was not the suffering servant, but they were looking for the crowning king. They were looking for somebody to come back and reestablish the throne, to, to reclaim power, uh, to reclaim the, the power that had been taken from them from the Roman anarchy government. Uh, friends, listen, and to reestablish their prominence as God's elect people. And that's what we need to understand. And you go back and you listen to my Romans 2 and 5 series, we, we talk at great length about the elect lady, the nation Israel, and how she is consummated and brought to fruition in the New Testament. Uh, are, are, is Israel God's elect lady? Are they God's chosen people? Yes. Yes, we need to understand. Yes, the answer to that question is yes. But do they have priority and significance in today's New Testament church over uh, every other man, woman, boy, or girl? No. No. Friends, listen, we need to understand that God consummated all things in Christ and reestablished, and that's what we're going to here in just a few minutes. Well, let me get on with this. <clears throat> He came to his own, and his own received him not. He came to the Jews. 
He came to the Jews. He came to His chosen people. God called them. He called Abraham out of Ur of Chaldees. Right, listen, he said, go into a land which I shall prepare for thee. Right, listen, the Bible tells us, listen, we see that uh, what the Bible tells us that God, uh, we see the Abrahamic covenant that was created. Uh, as God told Abraham, he said, blessed is thy seed, for it shall be as the sand of the seashore and as the stars of heaven innumerable. But friends, listen, we need to understand the, the underpinnings and the underworkings of what God was driving to and what God was working on. Uh, friends, listen, you, you heard me say this when we talked about it in Romans chapter number 9. Uh, friends, listen, God didn't, God didn't uh, save one nation and exclude others. God chose a nation to save the others. That nation was the, was the vehicle that brought to us the Messiah that his voice pierced the night air in Bethlehem, Judea on the first Christmas morning. And when it did, it changed everything. So the Bible says he came to his own and his own received him not. He came to the Jews. They had all the oracles. They had the laws. They had the commandments. They had the prophecies. They had everything that they needed to see, recognize, and understand. But they received him not. But as many as received him... See, then we see the language where it transitions from the Jews also into the Gentiles. But as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now I'm going to work my way through this because i, I got several more verses I want to read to you out of Jeremiah and Ezekiel that tie in with verse number 14, and then I'm going to be done. And the word, the logos, was made flesh, Amen. Uh, and the Word was made flesh. We see the incarnation of God. And He dwelt among us. Now, I want to talk about this for just a few minutes, friends. Listen. He dwelt among us. That word dwelt means tabernacled. Tabernacled among us. Exodus chapter number 33. I'm going to read this to you. Exodus chapter number 33, verses 7 through 11. Ezekiel, or not Ezekiel. Exodus chapter number 33, verse 7. The Bible says, And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord uh, went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation which was without the camp. And it came to pass uh, when Moses went out unto the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood every man at his, at, at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone uh, into the tabernacle. And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle that the, the cloudy pillar descended. Amen. You remember the, the pillar of cloud that pursued them uh, and carried them across the Red Sea? That's the Spirit of God. The cloudy uh, pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door. Why take a preach right now? Uh, and all the people rose up and worshiped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed out of the tabernacle. And Moses said unto the Lord, See that thou sayest unto me, uh, Bring up this people uh, uh, that, that thou hast uh, not let me know whom uh, thou wilt send me. Yet hast, uh, hast said, I know thee by name. And thou hast also found grace in my sight. So friends, listen to me. We need to understand this. Like I said, God wanted to dwell with them uh, in the Garden of Eden. But listen, man's sin, man's disobedience exiled them from the Garden of Eden. So man, there, so God, the Bible tells us, he said, I want to dwell in tabernacle with my people. Uh, listen, so the Bible tells us, uh, listen, he put the Spirit of God in a man. Uh, listen, the Bible tells us he went over there, he constructed the ark. He constructed the holy place, the most holy place, the ark of the covenant, the cherubims that dwelt above, the mercy seat. And the Bible said when you go and you make an offering, he said, my Shekinah, glory, the pillar of cloud, God's glory in his presence. He said, I'll come down, I'll consume the sacrifice. And he said, I'll reside with you. And he said, listen, in residing with you, he said, I'll be your sanctifying place. We need to understand, friends, listen, uh, 
I've done a week-long study on this while I was sick last week. On the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, this is where I'm going with this. Friends, listen, the Holy Spirit, listen, uh, they were regenerate people, but they were not indwelt with the Holy Spirit. And I know that needs a lot more explaining, uh, but you're just going to have to take it for that right now because I'm 40 minutes deep into this thing and it'll take an hour and a half to explain it. But listen, what we need to understand, friends, is God dwelt among his people. Yes, God dwelt in some people, but we see that in kings, priests, prophets, and judges. All those that God anointed in the old covenant. Uh, listen, the reason being is because the ultimate sacrifice had not yet been given. And because the ultimate sacrifice had not yet been given, all things had not been reclaimed. There was division and anarchy in the nations. And because all that they were, all of this disruption and violent upheaval had happened, God could not dwell in His people, but God dwelt among His people. And He would dwell on His people. Like I said, the kings, priests, prophets, and judges that ruled over the nations, or no, ruled over the nation of Israel for many, many years. But listen, this tabernacle, this is why the tabernacle was so special and so precious. And this may not mean anything to you, but friends, listen, we need to understand this. You need to understand this because this is vitally important to understanding the gospel of John, the epistles, and especially the book of Revelation especially the book of Revelation, is we need to understand, friends, listen, that, listen, when God dwelt among his people in the temple and the tabernacle in the Old Testament, we need to understand that when Jesus said, and he dwelt among us, that this was the language, the fulfillment language that we're going to read to you out of the book of Jeremiah and the book of Ezekiel, that Christ is the temple of the new covenant. Amen. Uh, listen, we're not looking for another future temple to be built because Christ Christ was the temple. Christ was the temple. The Bible says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the Shekinah, the glory, the pillar of cloud. We beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. All right, turn with me now. Right, quickly, I'm going to read these. Uh, just briefly, Jeremiah 31, we got the prophecy uh, of the new covenant. We see here, uh, this is talking about the new covenant with the New Testament Israel. What the Bible says uh, in verse number 26, Jeremiah 31, verse number 26, And upon uh, this I awakened and beheld in my sleep, when uh, it was sweet unto me. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will sow the house of Israel and the house of Judah with the seed of man and with the seed of beast. Okay, uh, so friends, listen, we're talking about the house of Israel, northern and southern kingdoms, and the seed of man, and the seed of beast, all these things. He said, I'm going to come together, I'm going to bring them together in one. Amen. Uh, you remember what the, the language tells us in the book of Romans. He said, not all Israel of, are of Israel. He talks about the spiritual Israel. He talks about the new Jerusalem. He talks about the heavenly uh, Jerusalem. Where do all these things come together? Where do they reside? They all, every single one of them, reside in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it came to pass that like uh, that, uh, like as I have watched over them, to pluck them up, to break them down, to throw them down, destroy, and to afflict, so uh, will I watch over them to build and to plant, saith the Lord. In those days uh, they shall say no more, the fathers have eaten a sour grape, and the children's teeth are set on edge, but every one shall die for his own iniquity. Every man that eateth the sour grape, his teeth shall be set on edge. That's speaking to personal responsibility. Uh, listen, uh, and we talk about total depravity, not total inability. Man is able to respond. But the Bible says, Behold, the days come. I had to stick that in there. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant. New covenant. This is old covenant, an old covenant prophet. Uh, listen, he is speaking of a new covenant. A new covenant. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. And with the house of Judah, we see that the kingdom is divided now. Amen. Uh, listen, we see uh, in the Old Testament prophet, major prophets, especially the kingdoms divided. Uh, listen, God has, uh, they have been exiled from their land. God has departed from the tabernacle. But the prophets of God, they come along and he said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. All of them 
both of them back together. Ezekiel 37, the two sticks, the book of Revelation, the two prophets, the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 apostles, the entirety of the new church, the new, the new Israel, the spiritual Israel is of the new covenant. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break also, I was an husband unto them, saith the Lord. Now listen, he's talking specifically about the old covenant to the people and the children of Israel. And he said, I was a husband unto them. But this shall be a covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law into their inward parts. I will write in their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Friends, listen to me. When we see here where the Bible says that Jesus Christ, he came and he dwelt and he tabernacled among us. When he was baptized, follow me, I'm going to go through this quickly. When, when he was baptized in the river Jordan, the Bible says that the spirit came upon him. A dove rested on him. And the Bible said, behold, that there was a voice from heaven that said, this is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. But the Holy Spirit resided upon him in the form of the dove is what the Bible says. So we see the tabernacle. Remember the tabernacle of the Old Testament? And the Shekinah glory of God would come down and dwell in the tabernacle. We see Jesus. Jesus is now the tabernacle. He is the temple. He said he's tabernacled among us. Why is he tabernacled among us? Well, he's tabernacled among us so he can be the author. Uh, listen, uh, and he can. this can be the crowning, coronating event of the new covenant. And he said, now listen, the Spirit of God, the glory of the Shekinah resided in the tabernacle, which was in Jesus. Amen. So the Bible tells us that he is the new covenant. All that are saved are the new Israel. He said, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. They shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, Know the Lord for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity. I will remember their sins no more. Now listen, I'm going to read this over here in the book of Ezekiel. So I want to say this. Uh, when Jesus comes uh, and he tells us, now we get into this. We get into John chapter 7, John 14, 16, and, verse, and chapter number 20. We go through this, but I'm just going to press through this. We'll cover this in great in detail later. But we see where Jesus was the new covenant. He was the tabernacle. He was indwelt with the Holy Spirit. And we see these things as he began to work and to do, as he began to fulfill his authorship and his office. We, buy, we see that the Bible tells us that Jesus begins to have a conversation with, with the disciples, the apostles, and he tells them, he said, there's coming a day when the Spirit of God will abide in you. And he said the Spirit of God will abide in you because when we're saved by grace through faith and he imputes into us righteousness, friends, listen, he has made us all in the new covenant. Every single man, woman, boy, or girl does not matter race, creed, color, religion. Friends, listen, he has made us all savable. We are all temples. He, listen, he, the Bible tells us in the old covenant that he had, a, he had uh, the Levite tribe to go watch over the kingdom uh, and to attend uh, to the tabernacle. But now he says, I have a new tabernacle. And he said, I have a kingdom of priests of which man are. That's what we are. We are a kingdom of priests. And the reason that we are kingdom of priests is because we are a temple. Amen. We are a tabernacle. You see the language that Peter and Paul uses. Uh, listen, we, we quote this often in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. The Bible says we know that this earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved. We have a building of God not made with hands eternal in the heavens. But we get to this place over here. So we see the tabernacle of God. We see where, where Christ's tabernacle has become the new covenant tabernacle where the Holy Spirit resides. And he tells the, the apostles and the disciples, he said, he said, it's expedient that I go away. For, he said, if I go not away, then the comforter not, uh, cannot come. He said, when the comforter has come, he will come and he will lead you in all truths and ways and paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Our friends, we see the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the cloven tongues that fell out of God out of heaven in Acts chapter number 2. But friends, listen, the Bible tells us that we can possess and do these things because we are now the new covenant tabernacle. We are the new covenant temple. 
Francis, and he said, I will put my law in their hearts and write, uh, write it in their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Now, friends, listen, I want you to hear me loudly and clear and plain on this. Okay, I will put my law in their parts and write it in their hearts. Now, I want you to listen to verse number 26 of Ezekiel 36 and then I'm going to be done. A new heart also I will give you, a new spirit I will put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and ye shall be and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. Friends, listen, in the Old Testament on the Old Covenant a tabernacle, uh, we had the Ark of the Covenant that sat upon the mercy seat. The Bible says, over which the cherubims overshadowed and the wings touched. The Bible says, within the Ark of the Covenant with the, what was the Torah or the tables of stone which Moses inscribed and put in there. That was God's law. And it resided in the Ark of the Covenant above the mercy seat, overshadowed by the cherubims whom, in which, uh, of whom their wings touched. And the Bible said that God's presence would come down. The Shekinah glory would fall in the midst of them and dwell among the people. Now the Bible tells us this. He said, because I live, you shall live. Because I die, you die. Because I live, you shall live. So now he says, you are now the New Testament covenant. He said, I will come down and reside and dwell among you in you. And he said, I will write my law upon your hearts and in your hearts. You see, friends, listen, the law does no longer reside in the old covenant. The law now resides in the new covenant. Where is the new covenant? The new covenant is in the inward parts of man on their hearts. And the Bible says, I will be their God and they shall be my people. So what he says in verse number 26 of Ezekiel 36, he said, I will give, I, I, I give a new heart. Also, will I give you a new spirit? Will I put within you? He said, I'll take away. Take away the stony heart. Friends, he's taking away the old covenant. He's taking away the place where the old covenant resided. He said, and I'll take them out of your flesh. And he said, I'll put in you a heart of flesh. Friends, listen, I'm glad, friends, today that we have all things manifest in the Son of God. I could go on and on and on. Uh, I'm tired. I know you're probably tired. I probably said too much. Maybe you'll go back and listen to it again because you probably need to go back and listen to it again. I probably need to listen to it again myself. <clears throat> God bless you tonight. We love you. We appreciate you. Like I said, go on ahead and probably read it in front of us. Uh, good Lord willing, I guess our Wednesday night, we'll, we'll try and turn our attention unless God changes our mind. And he may do so a few times here and there. Unless God changes our mind, we'll try and work our way through the gospel. Uh, John, but we appreciate you. We love you. Uh, thank you so very much for being here with us tonight. I hope the Lord watches over you and keep you. Uh, key, uh, please keep praying for all those that are uh, sick. I, I know that they need God's hand. I know how they feel. There's some much worse than I was, and uh, we're, we're praying that God would have mercy uh, on them, and we pray that God's healing hand would intervene and help them. Uh, and I believe in the worth of prayer, and I believe in praying specifically. So we ask God to uh, touch them specifically uh, with the need, uh, and, and I believe that God can and will provide. God bless you tonight. We love you. We appreciate you. Good Lord willing. As far as I know, we'll be on the porch Sunday morning. I haven't actually heard that, uh, but I don't know any different. <clears throat> but that's just what I'm assuming we'll probably be uh, until everything gets calmed back down just a little bit uh, and, and we get some more measures in place to make sure that the church is safe for everybody to come in and out of. God bless you tonight. We love you. Uh, good Lord willing, we'll see you Sunday morning.